Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast. This is your host, founder, MVP of Quality and Regulatory at Greenlight Guru, John Spear. And today uh, I have a guest, Jim Janutsis with Remsis, uh, Regulatory Management Software. Jim, welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Well, today, you and I are going to talk a little bit about the MDSAP process, but specifically uh, device marketing authorization and facility registration. So I thought we would dive into to that topic a little bit. I think there are some things that, I mean, first of all, do people realize how important this is? I think that's probably an important thing to dive into a little bit. And then we could talk a little bit about some of the details and the nuances and, and why this matters, You know, especially if, if I'm a company with products that are all over the world. Why, why do I care about this? So I guess before we dive into some of the details, can you I guess give a little bit of a high-level overview of, of what MDSAP device marketing authorization and facility registration is all about? Yeah, sure. And um, <clears throat> yeah, so, you know, right off the bat, you know, obviously MDSAP is a, is a hot button topic and um, everybody's trying to figure out where it's going to go. Um, and one of the biggest things regarding it is that device marketing authorization and registration uh, for your facility. And why it's so important is that while well, there's seven chapters in the auditing program within MDSAP, um, within MDSAP, uh, one of those is specific around marketing authorization and facility registration, and then it touches on two other chapters as well, uh, management and design and development. And so you have this auditing scope that you're going to go through with your auditor, and they're going to be specifically looking for um, how you have managed your registrations, have you submitted the correct documentation, do you have a system in place uh, to uh, have the product release and to ensure that all of your regulatory information is up to date uh, and appropriate. And if you receive the uh, marketing authorization from that specific jurisdiction, uh, you know, the, the health ministry of health from, from that country. And so, you know, you have to have this system in place um, prior to an audit, um, an auditor coming into your, in your facility. And you also have to have that, information organized in a meaningful way that you can get to it quickly and show from an uh, objectively that you fulfilled requirements of MBSAP and all of the uh, country regulatory requirements uh, that fall under the MBSAP program. Uh, that also goes hand in hand with the ISO 1345 2016 is, you know, you have to have some type of proper release of your products um, in the appropriate jurisdiction. So it kind of all goes hand in hand with with basically, you know, if, if, if you're trying to be a global leader or a global company in this day and age, uh, especially right now, you need to have a, a solid system in place in order to manage those marketing authorizations worldwide. Okay. So, folks, let's, let's kind of let's, let's simplify it just a little bit. So, when we talk about marketing authorization, so if you, if you go through a regulatory process and you get your product cleared or approved or granted or whatever you know, pathway that you go, either through FDA or CE marking, I mean, that's, that's a critical step, of course, but then there's another step that, that you need to take, and that is to make sure that your product is properly registered with the the appropriate regulatory agencies and that's really what we're talking about 
when we're talking about marketing authorization. Just getting the clearance is one thing, but you got to make sure that you've done all the other uh, steps in the process so that you can actually sell your product in those markets. I mean, in my understanding, things correct. Sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, for sure. And, you know, we, we talk a little bit about MDSAP and the past, and, and we've, we're mentioning it here today. Um, and, and I think this is important, and I'll, I'll explain, you know, some, some things that I want people to, to be aware of here in a moment. But, you know, for those, a lot of companies are going through MDSAP audits for a variety of reasons. We won't dive into those today. But, but if you're going through an MDSAP audit, you talked about you needed to have the system in place and, and you know, the, all the, the documentation and the evidence of that, but what would I, what should I expect uh, as I go through an MDSAP audit? What, what should I be expected to present or demonstrate to, to prove this? Yeah, sure. Those are great questions. And so, um, you know, MDSAP has a very um, rigid uh, process in terms of how auditors are supposed to come into your facility and audit according to, each uh, of the regulations for the participating countries. And so whenever you go through that auditing process, um, they have pointed questions uh, that they are required to uh, ask you. And then you're, they're also supposed to get the objective evidence to show that you obviously comply um, with those, those questions and those requirements. And so when an auditor comes in your facility, they're gonna specifically wanna know, do you comply with the requirements uh, to register or license your, your, your device facility? Did you submit the device list information to the appropriate regulatory authorities? And did you obtain the device marketing authorization in the companies you're selling? And so it all goes uh, hand in hand with basically having a controlled process, a good quality management system in place, uh, a good product realization process, a design development process that you can uh, have in place within your manufacturing facility and properly release the products for sale or commercialization in those countries. And so if you don't have a system in place, right, um, you might get to uh, you know, a certain phase or design phase of your product launch. Uh, it might be all great from a verification and validation standpoint and you're ready to go. You're ready to, you're ready to start selling this product. Sales team's ready to go, uh, marketing team's ready to go. But hey, you got this regulatory team that um, might be perceived as the bottleneck because they're actively submitting that documentation to the appropriate regulatory authorities to get that product approved that market. And so you all need to be on the same page in terms of uh, when can you really release that product, right? It might be all, all great from a design standpoint and, the, and from a good, good market standpoint, right? But your customer service and your sales team and your regulatory team need to be on the same page for that good market strategy. And that's really where that system goes hand in hand and that's really what the uh the auditors are looking for to make sure that you have a process standardized or something to that effect um implemented and established in your facility uh and within your company to control the release and marketing authorizations of those products all right so i'm following that pretty well um now when we talk about 1345, obviously, there is, if you're going through an MD SAP path, there's a strong correlation, obviously, with 1345 from that audit perspective. But I guess more specifically, I know that the 2016 version of 13485 added some language, explicit language about 
meeting local regulatory requirements. I'm very much paraphrasing that particular clause, but can you talk a little bit about the connection between marketing authorization and facility registration and, and how that is essentially required as part of ISO 13485 2016? Yeah, sure. So, you know, 1345, um, I said 1345 2016, um, obviously the EU is not really within that participating uh, list of countries. Um, the, but, however... Meaning, uh, MD, meaning up, MDSAP, right? MDSAP, correct. Yeah, okay, right, right. Um, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, and then, but in order to uh, sell into a couple of those countries, uh, they accept the CE mark uh, as that uh, conformity assessment route into uh, you know, meeting the requirements of that country. So you're really meeting the requirements or have to meet the requirements of 1345 uh, and MDSAP to sell into those countries and receive that marketing authorization. And to your point, John, having the meeting the, the local regulatory jurisdictions and, and requirements um, are, are a must. Um, not only that, but uh, if you're selling out of the U.S., you have this uh, not little law, but this this little caveat that says that you must meet the uh, the requirements of the importing countries, uh, importing country. So that means it's really broad in that aspect, right? So that means uh, no matter where you sell out of the U.S., you have to meet the importing country's requirements for marketing authorization. Um, and so you need to be on point and make sure that you have a robust system in place that upon that product release, uh, you're meeting those specific requirements and you have a, uh, a mechanism in place to ensure that you don't release product prior to being uh, properly registered. All right. And, and so I, I think some key things uh, for the listeners to, to take home on this is, you know, if you think you're just focused on the U S that this doesn't matter, that's not true. Um, it's still applicable to you. Um, if you think that you're going to sell, um, your products outside the U.S. and you're based in the U.S., still that need to meet that requirement. And and if you're 1345 2016 certified or plan to become 1345 certified, uh, but don't plan to sell into the EU, this this topic is still a concern because there's that clause that you have to demonstrate that you're meeting the local regulatory requirements. So it's there's very few words in the the regulations or in the the ISO requirements that, that it's not super ex- expansive as far as this. It's just a few words, but those few words yeah. make a big big difference. Yeah, they, they certainly do. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, if an auditor comes in and they you know get a sample of products that you're currently selling, and maybe it isn't into a country that you know, they're, they're really supposed to be auditing, right? Um, if they find something wrong with that, well, that's just, that's a systemic issue at the end of the day. And you can draw that parallel saying that you don't have a controlled process. Um, and that means that not only uh, are you going to be in trouble for that one country, but you're going to be in trouble for uh, the MDSAP audit that you're, you're participating yeah. in. So, um, yeah, drawing that, that correlation is, is definitely a, a real thing. Yeah, I mean, this not doing this or not addressing these needs. I mean, this is essentially a blocker for for those particular geographic regions. So this is um, this is a serious thing, and, and I'm glad we're talking about this. So, 
uh, obviously there's been a lot of work uh, that's been done in, in recent months in, in the MD SAP realm as well as in 1345 over the past couple of years. But I, I guess just a couple of thoughts as to uh, how and, and why I need to get organized now. I mean, is, is there something that's pushing me? Is there some deadline? Is, is there some criteria that, that I need to be focused on? Yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, if you're if you don't start getting organized now, you know, MBSAP's going to be um, the way that things are going to be moving towards uh, uh, now, right? And it's all about the harmonization. It's all about um, trying to make it make uh, auditing standardized, regulatory requirements standardized. And so if the big players are, are saying you got to do this, then that means uh, that's how things are going to be, right, from a, from a regulation standpoint. So if you don't start getting organized now um, and you eventually want to start selling into these countries, right, you're going to have a couple of stage audits that you're going to have to go through. Um, you're going to have to make sure that your systems are in place to handle um, the amount of work that your regulatory team and your business is going to have to tackle on a day-to-day -day basis. And so starting that process now uh, is going to help ensure that you have some type of system in place uh, should that auditor come into your facility or should you plan on selling into those particular markets sometime in the future. Um, you know, a, a regulatory professional's job is worldwide now, nowadays. And so it's a lot of responsibility and a lot of business risk that you know you're you're essentially putting on their shoulders, and you you can't have that all on uh, that team's shoulder. It has to be a fundamental process, standardized process ingrained into your quality management system that you have to have in place in order for you to uh, not get any compliance issues, uh, any any audit nonconformities, uh, and to have a standardized process to ensure that you're releasing good product into the market and also maintaining uh, any changes to that product while it's already in the market. You know, one of the requirements is, is, is not only that you get the marketing authorization, but you stay compliant when you're already in that market. And so you have to constantly be monitoring for uh, expiring registrations, um, any type of design changes uh, with your product and how they affect your marketing authorizations within those countries and so from a from a quality management system standpoint you have to have a good change control process in place that ties directly into your regulatory team and your regulatory processes so if you don't have a good regulatory process now you're not going to have one later and it's going to be too late and the amount of information that that your regulatory team has to handle on a day-to-day -day basis is is a ridiculous amount it's it's too much to handle uh, alone uh, and that's really where um, you have to develop those systems now. Folks, I'm talking to Jim Janusis. Jim is with RIMSYS Regulatory Management Software, R-I-M-S-Y-S, -S, and you can find more about RIMSYS at rimsys.io. And I, I like what Jim's saying here because I think – it's always been the case, at least in, in my opinion, in the time that I've worked in the medical device industry, that there is a quality and regulatory, they're not quite joined at the hip, but there is certainly a strong relationship or correlation between quality, your quality management system and regulatory practices. And, and what, I did, what I'm hearing Jim say, uh, um, and I'd like to echo, is that 
now more than ever, these your quality and regulatory systems uh, they have to be integrated with one another um, because you know you're you're in a, we're in a point in time where um, you really need a single source of truth where all of your quality management system processes procedures records data and information are kept and maintained in in a, a single location and that's one of the things that uh, we have built at Greenlight Guru is an eQMS software platform that is specifically designed by medical device professionals for the medical device industry. And and Jim Janutsis and Rimsis uh, are partners of ours at, at Greenlight Guru. So you know, be sure to check out more about Rimsis by going to rimsis.io. And you can learn more about Greenlight Guru by going to greenlight.guru as well. Um, I want to kind of revisit the MDSAT piece a moment because, you know, timing I think is important um, to, for people to realize. Uh, and you said something about, you know, how this is, uh, you know, again, I'm paraphrasing you a bit, but MDSAP is sort of the wave of the future with respect to how auditing and harmonization is going to be done. And, and we know that essentially starting January 1, 2019, if you're selling products into Canada, it's not optional. Um, so, so folks need to pay attention to that if, if you're interested in the Canadian market. You're going to need systems in place uh, to be able to address uh, marketing authorization um, very, very soon. Um, you're going to have to go through an MDSAP audit very, very soon if you're going to stay in Canada. But the reason I bring up MDSAP uh, as well, and, and, and there's, a, there's a tie-in here to 1345, so I'm going to try to you know, throw a couple of ideas out to the audience, and, and Jim, I'm interested to hear your response. But... FDA has publicly announced several times in the past several months uh, that FDA will be moving away from the 21 CFR Part 820 regulations and adopt ISO 13485 as quality system uh, requirements. So that's key. And and if you think about what Jim said a moment ago, you know, MBSAP is a program that was you know FDA is very much a part of. And so if, if you think about how audits will be done in the future with FDA, it's all the writing seems to be on the wall that it's going to be 1345 and it's going to be via an MD SAP audit. So I don't know if you have any other thoughts or, or comments about that. No, I just, uh, I think you, you nailed it. And, you know, again, this is the direction that regulatory agencies are heading. Um, it's very apparent that uh, there's, a, there's a huge need in order to uh, harmonize and make it that a little bit more easier for med device manufacturers to understand the expectations and regulations and get their products in the market to the people that need them the most. Uh, and, you know, kudos to the FDA and some of the other regulatory authorities that are spearheading this because, um, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of this has been um, non-value added, right? It's taking the same information, reformatting it, For reformatting sure. it and, and resubmitting it. So it's it's definitely a need um, and it's definitely the wave of the future. And, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, you, we got to start preparing for this because this, this is this is the way it's going to be moving forward. Yeah, and, I, and I talked to, I've talked to a few folks and they're like, oh, that's a long ways away. And I'm like, no, it's not a long ways away. No, I mean, um, you may think so, but... Um, regardless, I mean, now's the time to start to build your systems to align with that. And if you think it's a long ways away, keep in mind that MDSAT program has, it's been around for quite a few years. Uh, keep in mind programs like Case for Quality have even been around for quite a few years. 
And if you think about MDSAP and Case for Quality, these are both um, mechanisms, if you will, or vehicles, if you will, that that FDA has has spent a lot of time, thought, and effort, and energy into defining and refining over the past few years. For this moment, that the, that switch can be flipped to 1345. I'm not going to say seamlessly, but pretty easily. Um, so everything that I'm reading so far says that FDA will start to start to communicate that transition as soon as 2019. Uh, my prediction is that. Um, this will go into effect by 2020. Of course, there will be some transition and all that, a lot of details to be worked out, but it will happen pretty fast, folks. So, so don't, uh, don't think you've got plenty of time to, to deal with it. Um, you also talked a, a little bit about you know, the job of a regulatory professional today is um, maybe more complicated now than it's ever been, and, and I'm, I'm happy about some of these harmonization efforts you know, from the regulatory agencies to hopefully streamline that a bit, but even so, there's still going to be a demand for, for marketing authorizations. I mean, you're still going to have to go through the, these necessary channels, and I wonder if you can kind of compare and contrast, because you know, our listeners, they, they run the gamut from, from early-stage startups that are bringing their first product to market to companies who have dozens and dozens of products in their portfolio and, and sites all over the world. So can you kind of ca- compare and contrast the two ends of the spectrum uh, of why this, you know, what, what sort of stress and strain this, this type of issue is going to present to regulatory uh, resources and, and those different types of companies? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a vast difference between a, a small company and a, and a larger organization, right? So you might have, one regulatory team member trying to do a uh, trying to make this company global or your company global, right? You have, you have a small startup, you're, you're in one market, you're trying to get in a few other, other markets. And at the end of the day, it's, it's not feasible um, because of the amount of information uh, that you have to maintain and organize uh, and track. Uh, and sometimes you're, you might, you might be the only, only, person doing that and, and that was me a, a, a few jobs ago uh, at, at a um, at a really, really small company at a really small company and it was just completely unmanageable um, you know when you have uh, a larger organization where it's a team effort right um, then you start getting into um, other problems so you might have the resources right but then you uh, have that miscommunication and you can't uh, collaborate together uh, on the issues that are, are the most pressing or most relevant. Um, you kind of lose that critical archive of information um, whenever you know, a teammate leaves because at the end of the day, they might be the only person that's responsible for the, your, your specific product in that market. And you have to then retrain people or trying to you know, reinvent the wheel in terms of figuring out how they got in there, who they worked with, um, and what type of documents they needed to submit. So there's a there's an interesting stat actually um, uh, by RAPS um, Regulatory Affairs Professional Society. It says that 70% of all North American regulatory professionals, 74% to be exact, um, work worldwide uh, on in the different countries. And then in Europe, it's 66%. And so you have your regulatory affairs team that's that's supposed to be managing all of these products globally. Um, that is a huge undertaking. That is a huge responsibility and a huge business risk at the end of the day because your team is inherently responsible for ensuring compliant, compliant worldwide compliance with your products. Um, and so 
organizing that information and managing that information and making your team more efficient is a critical nature of the regulatory landscape right in today in today's um in today's market um and so all that all that time that you're you're wasted looking for that information trying to figure out what that information is um trying to reinvent that uh, uh or recreate that information uh you got to get more efficient because at the end of the day throwing more bodies at the problem doesn't solve the problem uh you need a a system a standardized process in place uh, uh now and you got to start working on it today and jim i mean you've solved this problem for the industry uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, this this is what yeah. Remsis is. I mean, this is. Uh, uh, I wasn't. A, it wasn't a yeah. trick question. I mean, uh, this no. is what <laughs> this is what Remsis is all about. And so, um, yeah. I guess talk a little bit about um, you know the, the kind of high level of the Remsis platform. And folks, I I do want to encourage you if if you've got if you are dealing with with product registrations and uh, anywhere in the world, frankly, any number of products. Uh, keeping up to date with the the local regulatory requirements and standards and and all the changes because they do happen and they're going to continue to happen. Uh, that could be a full time job by itself. I mean, you might have picked up. Jim said he worked for he did this for a small medical device company, and it consumed a significant amount of his day to day time. Uh, but talk a little bit about you know Rimsys and and how this can help the regulatory professional. Yeah, thanks, John. And yeah, so that, I mean, that was the whole point of, of creating Remsys was to have this regulatory information management system that, that regulatory affairs professionals can use to organize, maintain, uh, and collaborate with uh, together with internal and external stakeholders, whether that be in-country sponsors, uh, authorized representatives, distributors that are handling the registration process for you within that particular market, uh, or just maintaining the documentation um, uh, that's needed to submit uh, into a particular market. And so building out the, again, that critical archive information, keeping the notes and the tasks all organized into, a, into one system, uh, really understanding uh, the decisions that are made along the way, uh, what worked, what didn't work, um, is the real fundamental underlying uh, uh, reason that we created RIMSYS. Um, and so I've worked for very, very large organizations and very small organizations. And everybody thinks that the big guys have it figured out, figured out. And I can I can tell you firsthand that they don't. I know this, I know this personally because I've, I've I've worked there. I've worked there as a consultant. Uh, I've seen firsthand the amount of information that they've given me and the way they've given it to me in color coded Excel sp spreadsheets so that, to, that they're trying to manage. 2,000 products in 100 different countries. Yeah, I've seen it managing, too. <laughs> manage, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. And, manage, and managing when expirations expire by product and by market with Outlook reminders, um, you know, what, what if that person leaves uh, your organization? Who's going to pick up that slack? Do you have to uh, transition their Outlook calendar on, onto you? I mean, I mean it's, it's mind-blowing that there isn't a system out there to help these these companies succeed in the regulatory landscape and in the regulatory environment. Um, and I have a really interesting figure here, actually. It's, it's, it's right out of a, a Deloitte consulting paper, and it says 30 to 50% of a regulatory team member's time is wasted looking for information. So if you think about that for a moment, right, 
30 to 50% of one regulatory person's time is wasted just trying to get organized with the ridiculous amount of information that they have to handle on a day-to-day basis. If you want to talk about wasting money and throwing it down the drain, look no further than that figure. I mean, yeah. regulatory affairs, people aren't cheap. You know, they, they have uh, master's degrees. They have technical engineering degrees. You know, this is a very real thing and a re- very real big problem in the industry right now. You know, and right now this is a uh, consult- consultant's dream, right? Um, because really nobody really knows what, what the heck to do. And so um, these, they're, they're hiring consultants to try and figure it out. But, you know, RIMSYS at the end of the day was to help empower the regulatory team that you have in place today and to help them get organized to help manage uh, registrations, to help manage standards, uh, to help manage your essential requirements needed in order to enter a market uh, and maintain all that for you and proactively uh, uh, monitor and keep you up to date and notified should anything change. Yeah, folks, I've had a chance to to kind of, well, I've, I've seen the RIMSYS platform and it's um, it's really slick in a very useful way. There are dashboards uh, you, you have great visibility of where products are uh, registered throughout the world through through you know just different maps and dashboards. Uh, you know it's you can click to drill down into specific details and information. So it's much more helpful certainly than, than any color coded Excel file will ever be. <laughs> um, plus it's a it's a source of truth um, that you know your entire regulatory team can access a, a, a single platform and collaborate and work more efficiently together. Um, I mean, that, that statistic is staggering. I mean, if in, you're essentially, a regulatory person is essentially half of an FTE as far as productivity is concerned based on that Deloitte statistic. And and if you yeah, think about... It, it, I was just going to say... I because I was, I was doing it. I was doing it, <laughs> and I know firsthand how much administrative work that I was doing just finding it. I, I, yeah. could, first, I, could, I could certainly say at least at least 25% of my time was, was, was spent just finding information. Yeah, which is crazy because if you're going to, if you're going to gain um, more capacity to, to manage more products and more registrations and you hire uh, another person, the best you're going to get is, you know, 70 to 75% of a, of a person, you know, because of all the, yeah. The administrative work. It's just crazy. And I think, you know, Jim, you know, obviously um, you and I have known each other now for, for a couple of years and, you know, I, we Greenlight plays a little bit in the quality space and, and RIMPS is obviously in the regulatory space. But, but I think one of the things that I've picked up on that, that we as uh, quality and regulatory professionals, we have accepted a lot of complacency in the tool sets that are available to us. Um, uh, like you, I've I've spent more time in Excel than than uh, frankly I care to admit at times. But it, yeah. it is I think we're at a time where thank goodness there are solutions like Rimsys and Greenlight Guru available because they're designed with usability in mind. They're designed based on the workflow that is important to the medical device professional. Um, it's it's a bit of a, a rhetorical or maybe even loaded question, but why have we as quality and regulatory professionals, why have we allowed such inferior tools to to stay in our in our day to day lives for so long? I just I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. It's just uh, everybody just doesn't you know everybody's comfortable with where they're at and they're afraid to change 
what what they're doing because of the potential consequences or perceived um, consequences that they think might happen should they change something. And I can tell you firsthand that if you don't change something now and you stay with the system, the old system, the spared systems, uh, the Excel spreadsheets, the color-coded Excel spreadsheets and the Outlook reminders, um, or the, the disjointed processes, that that's going to far that's going to have far more reaching consequences than it would if you were to get into a newer system or some type of system that specifically designed for medical device regulatory affairs professionals and medical device manufacturers that was designed by regulatory affairs professionals to help you guys out to help them out and by not doing something by maintaining the status quo while the rest of the industry is rapidly changing from a from a regulatory uh, standpoint. You don't typically hear that in a regulated industry that is rapidly changing, but it is at the end of the day. You need to start thinking about where you're going to be, not tomorrow, but five years from now, right? And in all, and the only way to do that is start those discussions now. Start developing those processes. Start getting into in the in the systems that are going to make your life easier. Uh, that are it's going to make your your career better. It's going to make your company better, and be market market competitive um, in this changing industry. Uh, you know that, that's you know that's the that's the best I can do. <laughs> well, that's pretty uh, I good. I don't, I don't know why else. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and and I think you know, folks, you know, hear this um, that the color coded Excel file uh, for managing product registrations in a world. Uh, prior to MDSAP and a world prior to 1345, 2016. I mean, you you can probably skate by. You might even be able to fake it a little bit. Um, but yeah. but our world is changing, and yes, there are uh, significant, exciting developments in the in the realm of of uh, harmonization. And I think in part of because of that, that emphasizes the need for more state of the art and and better solutions to to manage. Uh, not only our product data and information, but also, you know, our quality systems as well. So, Jim, any other final thoughts uh, before we wrap up this episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast? Uh, you know, I think I think um, you know I think we covered a lot, and I think those are all all great topics and discussion. And you know, I, you know, I, I just want to follow up with with a quick case scenario, um, a real life scenario of what. What it's really like sometimes um, being the being the bad guy, right? And um, I go back to uh, working with with the company, and um, there was a product that we were trying to sell into a, into a country, right? Saudi Arabia, to be exact. And we didn't have the proper marketing authorization, but uh, you know the CEO wanted wanted sales, right? And so sometimes a regulatory professional, you know, you, you have to make those decisions um to not do something and uh as an as a matter of principle and ethics and as a professional you have to you have to make those decisions to to push back on people and those are real life scenarios and that's a, that's a real life case example of somebody that um you know doesn't really understand the regulations and the laws and the requirements needed to be uh, uh complied to from a regulatory standpoint and so it's our job as regulatory professionals to start educating and to start discussing those points to make sure that 
manufacturers and people within your organization understand the rules. And these rules are enforced. And the way they're enforced is by these audits, the EBISAP uh, audits that are coming that, that are coming to fruition pretty fast right now uh, with ISO 1345, 2016, and any other harmonization laws or, or guidelines or, or regulations that are gonna be coming out in the near future. And so, you know, you have to get organized, you have to get your team uh, in place now and your processes in place now to start collaborating um, and get everybody on the same page. Because without that, uh, you're gonna have those types of scenarios where people just don't understand why we do the things that we do um, and why it matters. Yeah, that's well said, um, and and I appreciate you sharing that that uh, example. So, folks, uh, I have a homework assignment for you, uh, especially if you're a regulatory professional. You, you got to reach out to RIMSYS. Go to rimsys.io uh, to learn more, and you can reach out. I mean, they have you know great information on the website. You can learn a little bit more about the product, and and of course, you can always contact uh, Jim and his team for a demo and and more information about that. But you, you have to go there if you're a medical device regulatory professional because um, this is this is gonna, I promise you this will change your life in a good way. Uh, Jim, thank you so much for, for being uh, my guest on the Global Medical Device Podcast. And folks, as I mentioned as well, uh, quality management system uh, is changing too. And, and if you haven't revisited your quality management system uh, in the past few months, um, there's a good chance you're behind. And so I would encourage you to, to learn more about state-of-the-art, latest, greatest, uh, and solutions designed specifically for the medical device industry. Just head on over to www.greenlight.guru. Learn more about our platform. And if you're so inclined and would like to learn more, uh, same sort of thing, you can contact us, and we'd be happy to schedule a call and a demonstration on the Greenlight platform. As always, this is your host, the founder of VP of Quality and Regulatory at Greenlight Guru, John Spear, and you have been listening to the Global Medical Device Podcast.